Hey guys, it's Teresa, the host of You Can Tell Me Anything. And you know what? I know this episode is a few days late, and for that, I apologize. Things happen, right? That's just how life is. Uh, but it's a really good episode, so you guys are in for a real treat. Uh, I talked to Eli Olsberg. He hosts a show called Performance Anxiety at a sex shop in Los Angeles. I met him at a festival in Atlanta, and we just hit it off right away. Very cool. He's my soul brother, so you guys are going to really like this episode. It's a really good one. Before I get to it, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm traveling and doing some road shows very soon. I will be in Austin, yeah, Austin, Texas, not the uh, other one. I don't know. There's probably another one. Austin from uh, the end of September, at the end of August to the beginning of September. I'm gonna be doing so on Friday, uh, August 31st. I will be at Cold Town, and on Saturday, September 1st, I will be at the Institution Theater as well as later that night at the Velveeta Room. So I'll be there for the Out of Bounds Festival. So if you guys live there, give me a holler. I would love to see you. And I think that's it. I feel like I had more announcements, but honestly, I went to a museum today, and my brain is like art, uh, which is a blank canvas that you can project whatever you like onto. So anyways, before, um, just enjoy the show. All right, bye. You can tell you can tell her anything She's a real good listener You can tell her anything Hi, I'm Teresa Lee and this is You Can Tell Me Anything the comedian the comedian the podcast where I have comedians confess something they've never told anyone and the comedian I have today with me is a very good friend very funny guy Eli Olsberg Hello hi thank you for having us confess oh, I'm very happy to I'm be here I'm so excited to have you here and just so you guys know if you want to make a confession we have a voicemail it's 323-388-3521 uh, we got some weird stuff this week <laughs> I know yeah I'm really was, excited to hear what that when people are allowed to anonymously drop some stuff off uh, Yeah I'm really excited to hear that Well so sometimes people also email the email which you can do it's tell me anything pod at gmail.com but i just want to play this it's not a confession but it's like a remix that someone made and they left it on the voicemail with no no introduction no name nothing is it hooked up if i play this okay here we go whoops Yes, yeah, a dashboard. Here's my confession. <laughs> oh, yeah, I gotta get Usher in <laughs> If I could provide one note while this plays, it's yeah. a little too on the nose it's about too confessions. Much. Yeah. I, I think I told you this. Oh, this is almost. That's it, and then uh, it just and a very loud phone hang up, and and which makes it sound like they held up a rotary phone to a yeah. speaker and then hung it up. No description, no signature. That dashboard line, I told you this off the air, but I think the on-air listeners deserve to hear this. They do. Say it again. Um, that line that he says is, I believe, how he came up with the ter- the name dashboard, dashboard confessional because the scar is my confession. I saw. I've seen dashboard live. As an adult, too many times. I just saw him at the Palladium in <laughs> oh, April. Really? He was so good. Let me know next time you go. I will. Oh, I um, go to concerts more than my wallet would like me to. Mm. So I will tell you every concert I go to, and I will not take it personal. I drove down to I like I went down to see Dashboard and Third Eye Blind in like 2015. I remember that tour. I didn't go. Irvine. Yeah. Well, so like it got rained out the first time I went down with my sister and it was like the worst day of my life because I was like in a long distance relationship and uh, we were breaking up. We didn't break up yet, but like, you know, when you know it's yeah. over, like oh, yeah. I just said, I kind of have like spidey sense. I think it's like the, I don't I don't think I'm psychic, but I think I'm a little bit intuitive. Yeah. That's I was going to say. That's just good intuition. Yeah. And I could yeah. just feel in the interaction, like in the time between texts something just fell off and then I kept being like is everything okay and like he was like it's fine but I was like uh-uh something's wrong and I just like started crying and then we were driving down it started raining 
And I was like, it's fine. I'm going to go to this concert. Everything's going to be fine. I'll just be able to like cry it out at the concert. Yeah, it'll be cathartic. Yeah. Sure. But then it got canceled because it was raining so much. There was mud everywhere. Which never happens in California. No. That's like. Yeah, it was during the drought too. And then, so that was like the worst day of that. Well, actually, that wasn't the worst day of that year. That was a really bad year. But it was the worst. It was a bad day. And then we went back and it was fine. But um, yeah, so that was my dashboard. My I, last dashboard. Dashboard. Concert. <laughs> he and I graduated from the same university. Really? Florida His Atlantic name is university. Dashboard. No, yeah, yeah, Chris call that, yeah no, I call him Dashboard. If I were to see him on the street, I'd be like, Dash. Yeah, hey, Dash. What up? Um, <laughs> yeah, he went to the same undergrad school that I went to, which was Florida Atlantic University. Did you know him? No, he was he's way older than me. He's, oh, okay. Well, I yeah, shouldn't yeah. say way, but you know, he's got about a decade, I think, yeah. over me. And he um Yeah, I think of him as young because he sings teen <laughs> angsty songs, but I'm like, Oh yeah, he was like a full man when I was a teen. So Yeah, and he well, he was part of like a, there was a local scene in South Florida that mm. consisted of him, Newfound Glory. Okay. Further Seems Forever, which was the pre dashboard band he was in. And uh, yeah, it's like a whole little That's scene. Such an there. angsty band name. I know. Further Further seems, seems Forever. And boy is it. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, I mean, Dashboard is great. I'm glad they included that in this remix. But, know. you know, if you if you want to tell me who sent, if you sent it and you want credit, yeah, let me know. Yeah, don't let it, don't let a it, little clip. yeah, don't let it get sucked up by meme culture and just yeah. let anyone appropriate it. Please send me more songs. I love songs. It's better than, I, I sometimes get weird messages to the email that I don't read and I won't. But anyways, uh, so that, that was a nice refreshing thing. Um, I want to read an email, Ooh. email confession from an a, a listener. This is relevant because I'm about to get my ADHD diagnosed testing on Monday. Like the results? No, I have to go in. I've talked about this on the podcast, which is probably why this listener is confessing this. But I, um, it, as an adult to get a diagnosis, it's a two-part thing. You go to a psychiatrist, they make you answer questions, and then they recommend you for this computer test, which takes like three hours. I think it's computer. They they were like, we're gonna hook your brain up and like measure the waves or something. Oh, I see. I picked when I pictured a computer test. I pictured like, oh, you like have to SATs. Sit there and answer questions. Yeah. yeah, I'm like anyone would have ADHD <laughs> for three hours to do that. Right, it's just the SATs. Um, <laughs> no, it's yeah. So I'm doing that on Monday. I had to be off weed for like I have a legal card, but I have to be, had to be off for three months. It's so really legal excited. now in California. It is legal. Completely, yes, that's yeah. true. And we were just talking about this before the pod started. I might be getting back in the pot. We'll see. Ooh, yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we're so cool. Um, okay, here is this confession. Uh, it's called ADHD. Hi, Teresa. So my confession has to do with ADHD, and it was spurred by you talking about your upcoming ADHD test to check check you for it. So obviously, laws vary by state to state, and in New Hampshire, where I live, the test consists of a short written test and a short questionnaire with my primary care doctor. Maybe they pulled info from my therapist or something to supplement the little bit of data I gave them, but I don't know why. All they did was send me to the other doctor that can prescribe such medications, and I was prescribed Concerta within 20 minutes. So the actual confession, I do believe I have ADHD, but I was so blown away by how easy it was to be prescribed such controlled medication that I sort of just lied to the doctor and said I barely noticed the effects, wasn't helping much until he eventually upped me to 72 mgs per day as two 36 mg pills each morning. Eventually, it stopped giving me what I wanted. I can admit that while it helped with ADHD, I also was clearly after a little high. And I've also been recommended to stop taking it because of high blood pressure. Anyways, I told my dog, yeah, I don't notice Concerta much at all anymore. I can't focus at all these days. True statements. In less than five minutes, I was written a prescription for Adderall. I have abused Adderall before. My confession is that I'm torn between lying when I see him again and saying I notice it but barely because I know he'll bump it up and up just like before or being honest and saying I don't notice it because I abuse it or at least not lie to get a stronger dose. Anyway, sorry about my sentence structure, plethora of commas and everything else. Please don't use my real name if you share this confession, please. And thank you since it's at least legally gray, if not outright illegal. Is it illegal though? It's being prescribed? Well, It's not illegal. It's illegal to abuse it. Uh, of course, I won't say his name, but also I think this is a very interesting one because it's sort of like someone who actually needs help. Yeah. And he's kind of like caught between like he's aware of his addiction, but also not able to fix it. But also the people that can fix it are yeah. not helping. So That it's like, sounds really common with yeah. prescription medication. Probably. Yeah, I get the feeling that like most people know that they need just the amount to stay normal or whatever it is that keeps them leveled. And mm -hmm. then when they're like 
oh, but this also has the side effect of making me feel good. Why wouldn't you tell the doctor like, yeah, let's pump up the volume or pump up the val? Okay, the valley. That's a no effects album, and I'm not. A, I, that was just wordplay. I'm not even a huge fan, but I just was like, mm, okay. Well, like I have a friend who has ADHD and it's been diagnosed in childhood, and so she takes Adderall. But also, when we go out, she'll when we in college. I don't think she does this anymore, but she used to be like, "Okay, everyone, here's some Addy," and she'd like pass it out. So I'm like, that's a gray area because it's like she needs it, but she yeah. like none of these people need it, uh, and she, but she would take it also to just stay up late to party. But, right. So I don't know, but I also think if you actually have ADHD. It won't – you shouldn't have those high effects unless I guess if you have a, so much of it maybe. But like I've taken Adderall and Ritalin and it doesn't get me high and that's how I know I have ADHD. Interesting. See, I couldn't I couldn't even begin to tell you I'm terrified of prescription meds. Like, yeah. I, I, but I was raised in a very like new agey household in that mm. sense. Like – and – I don't know. I, I've thought for a while. I'm like, maybe I have some kind of. I mean, I cut off my own sentences. I don't. I when I'm talking, like I won't even finish a thought. You it, could have it. A lot of artistic, creative people have it. If it doesn't affect or hinder you, uh, then it's okay. I think this is the thing about us thinking that everything has to be fixed. Right. In society, it's like, well, people are flawed. But uh, I, for my, for myself, I lived a long time with it, and I was able to obviously get this far. But I started really do, feeling uh, emotionally drained because ADHD also affects your like emotional mm -hmm. uh, moods. And so for me, as I got older, it was harder to control. So that's why I'm like trying to figure out if there's like a treatment right, for myself. But right, well, because it's also like I don't know. I I feel like. Um... I agree with that where it's like – and I think people are just now starting to realize that where it's mm -hmm. like it's not necessarily a question that needs an answer in terms – or or I should say it's a problem that doesn't necessarily mean, need a solution. Yeah. Like in terms of like if you have it and it's manageable, then that's fine. Or if it's something that you do – you know, if there's some issue you have but you can survive with it, that's most of what life is. Yeah, there's no magic button that will make everything okay. So even if I fix this, I mean, it's not like suddenly I'm going to like ascend into the heavens like I fix <laughs> my life or like maybe i don't know maybe you'll pop that pill the next day there'll be a contract and, waiting for you that's like <clears throat> here's your 12 episode order yeah i mean i did buy a new crystal so well, see that that's a good solution you know i'm all for that yeah please buy more rocks um uh well i also like to start every episode before we get into the heavy stuff by asking my guests for a good confession to help the listeners get to know you better do you have something good you want to confess um, yeah, I, so this week I'm going to bump it back to the crystals and the astrology oh, okay. for a second. I kind of did like, in, well, so the day we're recording this is the day of the eclipse yes. in Aquarius. In Aquarius. And that's your sign. That's my sun and moon. Wow. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make a list of things in my life that like, I kind of had to start keeping track. The, the point of this is supposed to be like more about letting go, but I also mm -hmm. made a point to make a laundry list of things that I was like happy about and grateful for and things that oh, I did. Nice. Yeah. And it was like, I realized it made me go back to how I'm going to approach doing things creatively in the future, which is mm -hmm. any form of success I've reached. E even if there's been help for other from people, I don't want to undermine that and say that you shouldn't work with other people, but also like some of the more notable things I mm -hmm. worked really hard on on my own. Like I, I got myself yeah. there and I didn't realize that prior to making this list. Like I was like, I yeah. thought I was like, well, I'm like, cause I was kind of trying to put my value as a person. What's one of them that you're proud of? Um, that I started, well, that I was, I was, of my group of friends, I was actually the first one. To I move. can sense you're already getting nervous bragging. The whole point of this is to be yeah. to brag about yourself. Well, no, I was trying to pick. Actually, uh, I'm fully conceited about this. Uh, okay. Like, I'm fully getting. Uh, well, my first one was when I was, I, I didn't realize this until um, I saw it on, I think it popped up. I hate Facebook, but it, it, I still go on it a couple uh -huh. times a day, just like all of us. And uh, I found um, one of the memories feature was I was the first of my friends to actually move to L.A. Wow. That's yeah, big. Completely so you took by the, myself. You took the dive and people joined you. You were the guinea pig. Yes. Yeah. And so that was, I think, the biggest one for me. Um, another one, well, when I started like working on going on the road and stuff, mm -hmm. like I – also kind of went I I've talked about this before but like I opened for bands mm -hmm. and that for a while for Warp Tour yeah I did that huge I was the only person on that entire tour that did the whole run. actually no I'm sorry that's not true I did the entire run with another comic mm -hmm. but I 
even on the days I was sick, he actually had to go to the ER for one night. Um, I actually too much Adderall. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> we're having too much fun, and uh, that's the only year they did the tent. And I did every single show. I didn't cancel one. That's so great. Yeah. So that's a weird. It's like I don't know. That's more of like to me almost a. It's not a brag so much as like a. Just it's very self satisfactory. It is, and right? and I think so much of our society tells us to be humble because I I think humility is a really good trait to have yes. all the time, of course, like as a standard. But then like, it's also okay to be, look back and reflect and be like, I did this thing I'm proud of, and uh, and especially in comedy when we're so connected by uh, by by social media, it does feel weird to brag because it's like you know like when you get something somebody else wanted right. it. Right. And so that's why I'm always, I try to do this because I'm like, it's nice to no, just I be think, like. No, I think it's great because I thought back on it too and I was like, oh, I did it. And, and not only that, it's like all the elements are against you on, mm-hmm. on something like that. You had to, we had to perform twice a day yeah. in 100 degree weather wow. outside on the tent and our competition. On a was, skateboard. Yeah, on a skateboard and a half pipe. <laughs> um, and it's really hard to do a setup and punch from top to bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on top of that, like, competing with loud music and people walking by and not knowing like why should they give you they're mostly in the tent for shade right both the physical and, and also throw the insult. Shade yes exactly yeah. yeah yep they're taking in shade and throwing it back uh-huh. out <laughs> and uh yeah so i was like oh cool i got that through that the whole summer because it, it wasn't it's not a bad experience for anybody i don't think who was on the tour but it just was it was very different and very hard so well, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. So that's I guess that's my brag. I, I have other. I like actually made like I was going through all of them. I'm like, which one do I start with? <laughs> so many brags. Well, because hit I, him it, up on social media. Yeah, please. He'll, he'll I'll, DM your. I'll, I'll brag back at you. Yeah, yeah. I'll DM you your his brags. It's all part of the uh, the astro stuff. The, oh yeah, it's your. Is it Aquarius? No, Aquarius is. When is the season of Aquarius? Oh, Aquarius season January? is late January okay. into late February. So. I'm starting to know more of the signs this year. Like I used to just know mine and then like two of my exes. And now I feel like I'm like, I'm, I was like, it's Leo season. Like, and you're, like yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and knowing what next. those seasons mean is yes. the next step. That's where I'm starting to study up on. Yeah. I just learned what a moon sign was this year. <laughs> and it made so much sense because I'm it's, a, I don't I feel like I'm going to lose so many of you guys on this, but <laughs> I'm a Virgo moon and I didn't know that. And I was like, this makes a lot of sense because Virgos are really attention to detail and yes. loveless and excel. And I'm like, this is why. Because I was like mm-hmm. identifying as a Scorpio, but Scorpios are all just like deep and like obsessive and i was like i guess i guess excel is obsessive but the virgo part actually explains that yeah there's a similar there i think there's crossover there though on yeah we're not (laughs) losing too many people here but uh yeah i think there's some my confession is i love astrology but i feel like people know that i like this stuff yeah if you listen to this This we bonded over this we did yeah eli and i did a festival uh in atlanta and we we both uh, got in. We talked about astrology. Both didn't drink the entire time, so mm-hmm, we ate mm-hmm. a lot of cookies yeah. and talked about the stars. That's exactly what happened. She's, <laughs> that is a very faithful recreation of right. what happened. We went so to LA. insomnia cookies <laughs> in Atlanta in the middle of the night and just talked astro. Yeah, for quite a while. Uh, well, speaking of talking, is there anything you'd like to tell me today? Sure, I will confess that I have a very interesting relationship i don't know if interesting is the right word actually this was the part i couldn't articulate but i have an interesting relationship with crying oh yes i don't up until now i'm very comfortable doing it completely Mm -hmm. regardless of the situation but it used to be a very controlled thing i had to do i couldn't just do it in front of anybody even if Mm -hmm. the situation called for it um like in an audition and I, if only, maybe I, I bet I could turn it on there. If it was like something where I'm just supposed to be really sad, I remember like you're never supposed to be anything. That's true. Yeah, gotta, but, but but in a situation where where I'm sad and that sure. usually is associated with like crying, even like at at home by myself, I couldn't direct that emotion, even though I could feel like I wanted to. Or I was uh-huh. like for a while, I was like, am I broken? Am I not? Am I supposed to? Am I like? insane how young were you well this was or do you when i guess how young were you when you remember starting to feel this way so when i was a a, a, i believe how old was i exactly i would say it's around six or seven years old i I, so i grew up in a single parent household and i have a Mm -hmm. sister who's 10 years older than me so she was essentially like a second mom for me but she was still in high school at the time and 
so I, I, my mom still had to get babysitters. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a family that babysat me. And so just to give more background for your listeners, I'm half Spanish. And so I grew up speaking Spanish first and started learning English at the same time. But my first words were in Spanish. Okay. And then my my mom would send me to Spanish. Like the, our babysitter, my babysitter was a Spanish family. Uh-huh. And they would call me Joron, which is crybaby in Spanish, because apparently <laughs> I was crying a lot. Like I would Aww. trip, I'd cry, I'd do something, I'd cry. And and so I started picking up a connotation that I wasn't supposed to do that if I didn't want to be called oh, that name. Yeah. And, um, and at the same time, I also had another friend who at the time, I remember we both got in a fight and started crying and, and his brother broke it up and was like, you guys aren't supposed to cry, uh, you know, big, haven't you ever... Only, Big boys don't cry. Men don't cry. Just imagine two boys like fighting like and then just both be like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not too far off. There was like a lot of. I remember at one point it turned into like hand slapping. Aww. That's one thing I remember about <sighs> it. And. Um, when he broke it up. He was like yeah you're not supposed to. Cry. And, and then they kept telling us both. A few times they were like yeah you're you guys are. You guys want to grow up and be strong boys. Then don't cry. And th this is like. This is almost like Freud 101 I feel right. like. But uh -huh. it did put that in my head. And so for a a while I was able to avoid I think the only times I'd cried if, is if like I don't know if, if I hurt myself like bad enough like physical pain yeah, yes exactly because I do remember there was a situation where and I still have the injury to this day um, there was a bike handle hit my rib cage Ouch. between two ribs and it made the bottom one protrude Ooh. but it, it hurt so oh. much yeah it like took forever to heal there's still like a small protrusion there if like if if it's touched, you can feel it. You're like, oh, this seems – because you don't see it sticking out. But then if you're like running your hand across it, you can totally was feel some, it. Was someone rode their bike into you or it was like a loose bike? No, it was, a, it was a um, – it was neither. It was actually a, at a daycare center. Aww. They have like the set of um, tricycles that were connected like where you pedal and they all move. Oh, like okay. almost like a merry-go-round but as ah. bikes. And I tripped and fell into one. It was almost like bad. oh, you fell into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I. It just it's hard to explain that way in like any short sure. version. It's almost like a Charlie Chaplin accident. <laughs> and um, so like with stuff like that, I cried. I remember one time I almost I almost drowned in the ocean, and that like I cried after that. And like well, it's you know, convenient because you can't see your tears in the ocean. Exactly. So. Yeah, they blend in. And at five and in fifth grade, that's <laughs> or a, taste them. Because it tastes, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's all, all salty. salty water, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Um, and so and then I remember. It started coming out in weird ways. Like I remember there was a situation when I was in sixth grade. I don't remember the specifics about it, but I had something emotional where I remember I felt really upset, like I wanted to cry, but I couldn't. And then the next day at school, somebody bumped into me and I fell down. And as I'm 11 or 12 at this point, so this does not hurt when I hit the ground. Uh -huh. I know it didn't hurt, but I still started crying. So it just was like you couldn't contain it anymore and it all Right, out. but that's what pushed it. And what then, made the what did the person do when you started crying? They, well, they, I don't even think they realized, I didn't start crying immediately. I think the person was like, oh, sorry. And then they left. They, like, they didn't even, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even, yeah. I was just like, it's all right from far away. Uh -huh. I, it was something like that where I reacted very, but then I remember even my, two of my friends couldn't believe that I was crying. Did you that. feel connected to the tears in that moment or did it just come and you're like, I don't know why I'm crying? Or did it feel like you were, you know, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was like a genuine, like when you're in a cry and you're sad versus like, these tears I know are just coming. I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's – I don't think – I don't know if I could go back and check in with – because it was so mm -hmm. young that I don't know. I My guess is looking back, I think it was just me holding – it finally was just like, all right, this has to come out it one way to, or another. Yeah. And so it, that happened a few times when I was in middle school. I remember where something would happen and then – um, and then I, I, it, I felt nothing about it at the time, or I would still feel the emotion, but it was like very internalized. Mm -hmm. And then like a, a couple of days later, it would rear its head that way. I've had that happen before where I don't cry for a while and then I will wake up crying like, like oh. in my sleep. It's almost like my body's like, well, if we get her when she's half awake. Yeah. Yeah. Now like, we can. We, I'll we... literally wake up and I'll just be like <laughs> tears running down my face. And I'm like, what the fuck wow. is happening? It's almost like it's a, like, you're like, you're like, how do I stop the, how do I stop the leakage? Yeah. Is it's it like, like, like your like, body is like, well, the... we got to get, let's drain, drain yeah, it, drain oh her. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that, that has never happened to me, but, but I remember up until a few years ago, um, I don't know what clicked at that point, but I mean, the the times I never had this this problem, I will say, is if there's someone I was ever comfortable enough around mm -hmm. that I could not do including that in yourself because you were saying you're not comfortable crying. Correct. Yeah. Alone. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I guess family members that that wasn't an issue because I remember one time I got in a, I was like in 
college and I got in my and I got in a fight on the phone with my mom over something and I ended up crying because of mm. it and I apologized at the end and was like really sad and and then uh I don't know I didn't like it was a strange thing because I remember I was like oh well that was the proper emotion at the time you know it was just like a typical argument but yeah. but it still stirred enough of an emotion for me to get upset um I remember at the time it had something to do with me moving out of South Florida and it, it was something that like ended up being in the way. So I was like, I'm going to be trapped in this town forever. Do you tend to make a lot of jump to conclusions? Like, because I, I feel like what things that make me cry often are when like one little thing goes wrong and then it spirals in my mind. Like if this happens and this will happen and this will happen and everything's ruined. Oh, that's interesting. For me, that doesn't. I, it, I can definitely go there mentally. It's uh-huh. not a problem. I can definitely panic off it. <laughs> but it doesn't drive me to tears. What what would more makes me cry is usually if well what's interesting is the way to equate it for me is if it the type of if it's the type of pain that feels like hopeless. Hmm. There has to be like a hopelessness so, to it. A, nothing you can do about it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, like it's something that's so out of my control. And also I, I have to feel like very fatalistic about it in that sense. Well, let's talk about the control thing because I think that's the part that I struggle with a lot that I've had to try to cope or the a lot of the th- – uh, a lot of the things I've tried to use in my life to cope, like drinking or whatever, uh-huh. have come out of a place of needing control. Sure. that's. And, I think that's pretty common, right? Yeah. And I so the, the crying thing sometimes, is it, um, when you say you don't feel like you have control, like, can you give me an example of like a situation? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I mean, well, when something, so what's interesting with Say let's let's say with comedy it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. With comedy it's pretty. It, it'll just turn more into anger. Sure. Or 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 just which is a secondary emotion. Exactly. Yeah. So if it's not anger, it can also be depression. Um. But but it, but a depression about that situation. Not like a, I I don't think I think if I I don't think I would be diagnosed with depression. Um. If I if I were to go see like a psychiatrist. Um. Probably. I mean, the most immediate thing I can think of are breakups. Okay. Those are things you can't change. Even if you want them to, right. the, the way certain situations happen in relationships, you just can't change You've that. You've passed the point of no return. Yes. And I remember – so last year um, – this is a story I've told a fair amount recently, but I don't know if we've talked about it in regards okay. to um, going to my dad's grave for the first time. Did we talk about that? I don't maybe? think so. Okay. So um, my father died when I was very young. My mm-hmm. mom – to the point – he was five when I died, but he had left the house when I was two and a half. Okay. And I didn't learn this until last year because the, and the thing that spurned all this was me wanting to go visit his grave because I knew he's, he died out here, okay. even though I'm originally from South Florida. And so when I found out the whole story, which is that like my de- basically what I found out and my and this was also news to my mother is that in the two and a half years that my dad was absent, they they split like it was in a he didn't just leave. He didn't uh-huh. peace out. He they made an agreement that they he had to leave because there was a lot of, yeah, but there was it's because there was a lot of shit on his end that he needed to go take care of in mm-hmm. regards to an ex-wife mm-hmm. and cuz my dad was also sterile. He okay. was in the Vietnam War. A grenade, I promise, I'm sorry this is like such a long setup, but it's Oh, no, that's okay. Oh, okay, it's for so he was in the Vietnam War. A grenade exploded close to him and rendered him sterile. Technically, he had no living babies in okay. his, you know, there. And so he took a test. My mom has the test. It says he's 99.9% sterile. And then suddenly she's, my mom's pregnant with me. Oh, and they're so like- You're a miracle baby. That's, that's, that's the word. That's the <laughs> word on the block. Um, which also creates an insane, I know there's a weird way to put it, but it, that creates like survivor's guilt. Okay. In a weird way. Not because I was the only surviving- The hundreds of thousands of sperms yeah, that, that di- were blown no, ju- up in just, the Vietnam War. I don't even know. If, yeah. It's like, I just feel this pressure to like, it's like, well, if, if technically, if, if I made, if I beat the odds here- then I think I have to do something Everybody significant. Everybody who is born beats the odds, though. There's so many sperms who are That's trying true. to get into I an egg. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. And it's it, and it's interesting that people don't think of it that way. They're always just like, well, I mean, he especially wasn't supposed to have kids. So this is a special. Even year. more. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so. Or he was supposed to have you. Yeah. Depends on. How I get, you look yes, at it. Yes. This is yeah. some glass half full <laughs> shit and I'm here for it. <laughs> um, so. He, yeah, he. Had, so there was an issue where he had to take a paternity test because his 
other people in his life suggested otherwise sure. of my mom, which is very insulting. And uh, also me and my dad look exactly alike. Um, I've seen pictures. We are like- Yeah, he would look like a baby, a newborn baby. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He looked like a six-month-old. Uh-huh. And um, so only for the first five months, we didn't look alike. And then after that, it was, whoo. Um, and so I learned a lot more about him after that. My mom like kind of filled in the blanks, but then I had to like reach out to some family and mm-hmm. people that were like that I didn't know very well and it turned out that that two and a half year gap my dad was in prison wow for forgery like Leo DiCaprio and catch me if you can style apparently wow. he w- was living in a halfway house when he well he he had finally I believe moved into a house his last year of being alive but he had like gotten sober he had like a he had like a huge problem and he bought a motorcycle on the morning of his death and died riding that motorcycle wow. four hours later. Oh, my God. In front of a coffee bean that I used to frequent. Wow. It's insane. The, the, the coffee bean by the 10 in La Cienega. And he I was just pre- got chills. Yeah. It's, it, well, I still – I've told the story quite a few times now, okay. and I still – um, I don't mean on podcasts. I just mean to <laughs> friends. Um, yeah, get the fuck out yeah, of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry I'm erasing bring... all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, every time I tell it, I still get blown away by that part. Yeah. Where I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Anytime I go to like the West Side, I stop at that coffee bean. If I go to like LAX, I stop at that coffee bean. Do you uh, – w- are you religious? Like what's your take – what do you what do you think – about God. I'm going to answer that in one second before I get to – I just didn't want to forget my – the reason I brought that up was but when I've learned that part about him, how he died, that made me cry uncontrollably. Up until that point, this was like a research project. It was just like fascinating because I I have no tangible memory of him. Yeah. I I just have pictures of us together and stuff like – and so, you know, there's no – I've never – I remember someone in high school tried tried to make something like a disparaging remark knowing that my dad was dead thinking that would get to me and it – did not like, work. Well, out. I was like, I, don't know. I was like, yeah, was like, hey, he died. yeah, he did die. It was a shame. Uh, like, I forget what they said, but you know, they tried to take this and it and it didn't work. Kids um, are so mean. Kids are mean. They don't know any better. <laughs> but that's why they. Were... And but he probably the kid making that joke probably had an insecurity, and that's why they were lashing out to oh, you. Oh, for sure, he was probably in an insane amount of pain. Probably still is. I'll go ahead and wager because <laughs> uh, he was a, he was a real he was a real piece of work. Yeah. Um, but uh, to answer your question that you just asked, I am not religious at all. I, I'm. As not connected. Well, so my dad's Jewish, my dad's uh-huh. side of the family, and I'm very non-practicing. Um, and my mom's side of the family is Catholic. Don't not into it either. So, um, but you do kind of believe in like a universe and a higher meaning, right? Because you're into astrology. Correct. So in terms, of, I, I guess the reason I bring that up, I'm curious about like the, like the idea of coincidences or f- discovering <laughs> things like the coffee bean yes. and your dad, um, you know, being right in front of it. Like, how does that process for you is it just like well that was random or did it did no. it kind of pro- it sounded like maybe a process in a way where it like gave it meaning it did yeah absolutely well because like i um i mean look i could have lived anywhere mm-hmm. I, so uh, I'll, in terms of coincidences and those kinds of things i i used to really think i was like well life is just this meaningless thing and we're, we're holding on to whatever we can to attach meaning to it and that's the beautiful part about it that's what i used to think i used to have this like uh-huh. real existential plan about it where i'm like as much as we think things don't happen for a reason, they really don't. It's random, <laughs> but it's but it's overwhelming that that coincidence can exist. That's what I used to think. Sure. Now I I do think those things. I do think there's a, a set of projected things. I still think everything's free will, but I think there is a set of projected things that'll still make their way to you, and that's why astrology versus like say religion is more why I'm buying what they're selling more because yeah. you can put math to it. You can put science to it. Sure. And I think, uh, yeah, and it's le- it's less human because even though like God isn't human, our idea of God is a, a, a not a man, but like the idea an entity right. deciding something as opposed to everything working together for just like a collective. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that it's crazy that people think that there's like one person who's made a bunch of decisions and then would give free will to oppose those decisions just to see if like like that's S and M, like yeah. you know what I mean. That's like a weird thing. Yeah, where he's we're like, all just subs. To yeah, we're all God's just dumb. yeah yeah. He's just been cucking us this whole time, <laughs> just to see if we'll if we'll try and you know cuck and, him. Yeah, and then when you die is when you come. Yeah, <laughs> that's the ultimate release, I that's suppose. Probably that's why. Will you lose uh, what's twenty one grams or something? Yeah yeah yeah. You're born born. That's, that's your jizz. You, that's yeah. your soul. Your soul jizz. I've always wondered the weight of my jizz. <laughs> <laughs> I know what the weight of my jizz is. Um, 
Well, I, I used to be very nihilistic, but lately, because I look for, and some of this though, like you could say, as you get older, you see more coincidences because you live longer. Yes. So there's more, um, there's more material to like call back, right? And, and yes, absolutely. And you're more open to things. Sure. But also just like even by nature of like, what is a coincidence? It's a pattern you recognize. Um, that connects to something that's already happened yes. that has meaning for you, right? Yes. So the longer you live, the more things ha- are potential um, become potential to then be recalled and then be like, oh, that was the guy I saw at the grocery store yesterday. Yes. But then you're like, now I've gone to the grocery store like 4,000 times as opposed to 200. So there's way more people I've seen at grocery stores. So if I just see one again and something happens with him, I'll think the universe ordained me to talk to this man. Because it's probability versus possibility. You know what I mean? And then also I think that people, um, I think when you're younger, there's a lot more posturing going on about Mm. being like, well, it's all just coincidence. Um, I would say I I could be a, I've been guilty of that before. Like, like just being like, yeah, well, you know, it happened that way. And that's just, who cares? Yeah, nothing means anything. Nothing means anything. Exactly. And so, and don't get me wrong. There's still part, I think we all still partly believe that. Like if you've ever had that thought, but I think you just become more gentle about it as you get older because you also have to be, like, good to yourself. Yeah. Well, I think all things do mean something. I used to, as a child, believe that whatever you believe is true. And I still kind of believe that because – and that sounds so dumb because it's like, well, everything? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's totally I, – I think you're just taking – you don't have with, – with kid brain, you're like, anything's possible. You know, there's, like, yeah. this optimism to it. And now I think there's just more of, like, a – it's somehow more grounded when you're but older. But we don't have to all exist in the same plane. That's the truth. I mean, that's the truth because I think there's a world where – not to get too deep into, like, afterlife. But, like, <laughs> there's a world where – because that's an argument people have. Like, well, what happens when you die? And we don't know. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And that's the basis of a lot of religions. And a lot of people live their life philosophy based on how they think um, their death is going to go, yes. right? Because they want it to go to heaven or mm-hmm. whatever. They want to be saved. But I think that all of those can be true because – Death might not, or afterlife might not be like one linear place. We just because you believe in heaven doesn't mean, and the next person doesn't doesn't mean they're going to hell. Like in your world, you could go to heaven because the brain is full. Of, okay, this is like I'm not even high, but <laughs> brain is full of chemicals, right? If you die and your brain like gives you the stimulation that thinks you're in heaven, yeah, with all the people that you believe would be in heaven and all the people you believe would be mm-hmm. in hell, that's true for you. But then the right. people who don't believe in it could also just go away into a place that where yes. there's not in hell. Like, like just because you see a person in hell doesn't mean that person sees themselves That's in hell. kind of like the cosmic joke is that I think that people, I think, you know, there's like all these studies about like we're only using a fraction of our brain. You yeah. know, like there's only like a, a small percentage of our brain we're actually using consciously. And I think what happens when you die, your brain, you're releasing so much. I think that you... That's the moment you probably can access every single part of your brain. And it's also – or I think you just get more access to that as you get older too, which is why I think some people get better at forgiving, letting go or sure. you know those kinds of things because those are – you know most of what our life is is trying to get over previous traumas. Right. And you can't access your entire brain. It's like using a computer. You don't want to use the entire yeah, memory. Yeah, exactly. You, it's, it's, there's no room for it's, it. Also, I feel like it would be a lot. It would be so overwhelming. I think I think the – which is why I think most people who are very – you never hear a story about a person who's super smart and there wasn't some form of suffering attached to it. Sure. You know? And I think that's part of it. I think it's just like the more you know, it, it's it's obviously for the better, but it can also, I'm sure it hurts. Oh, it can hurt you, especially if people around you don't know and you can't teach them. Yes. If you can't teach them, I think if you can teach them, then there's something rewarding and um, passing on your knowledge. But if you can't, then it's like hell to know something that no, nobody knows, which is related to this podcast. The idea of like having a secret, I think is such a yeah, burden. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And it's a weird thing because it like, I don't know. We're we're in this weird phase of our existence with social media and all that. I don't want to become one of those guys. Well, social media is a problem, and you know. But I mean, I'd, obviously, we all know it's fucking the worst. But also, like, it's also connect people and creates a lot yeah. of change. And I don't so, think it's the problem, but I think it causes problems. But I also think right. That's actually how I was. A oh, sure. Perfect. That's, yeah. That's that's exactly right. I mean, it's just it's hard right now because it's you go on there and it's just like a, a barrage of bummers. Sure. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I didn't want to stray too far into that because I always feel like that's a rabbit hole. Yeah, but well, but that has a good point. I mean, because I mean, it's related to you talking about crying. Like, how do you control 
like there's so many sad things and the longer you live the more sad things happen to you like how do you control your day so you're not just constantly crying like yeah you need to and give yourself some liberty to cry and feel but also you gotta like put it down sometimes but that yeah and with social media that makes me question a lot of people posting because there's this you know there's this i don't know it's like there's no middle ground on there it's either you're posting something that makes it look like you're thriving <laughs> Or you're doing a, like a confessional on there about a lifelong struggle. Yeah, and I think I think both are valid. That's not to say they both shouldn't be happening on there because I right. think it makes people feel less alone and it also can cheer people up. But at the same time, uh, you like I don't think we we'll we'll see it so much that we forget to disassociate and remember that there's stuff happening between that. That's true because it's boring to just be like, I'm living. Right, right. Well, yeah, and it also feels, I don't know, it can, I, I, when I see some people, I'm like, have you have you ever had a problem in your <laughs> life? Like how good right. is life right now for you, you know? And then most, I think most people are starting to catch on that we're, these are moments. Sure. And that's, and that, you know, moments are just that. They're a moment and they don't last too long and they're sometimes they're not too short. Well, I mean, it, a lot of people, for example, don't show themselves crying because, like, that's a private thing and yes. nobody thinks they look good when they cry. Right. But that's the thing that everybody does, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone does a, a different amount of times, but I feel like plus a lot – I cry every day and I'm yeah, mostly I, uh, not posting about it. Sometimes I, I will, though, because sometimes I think it's funny. Like, every yeah. once in a while I'll listen to La Miz and it just – it always makes me cry. <laughs> and then I'll just post myself crying to their soundtrack or something. But <laughs> – That's spectacular. <laughs> but uh, – That's it. That's a but, good – that's a release. Those are all – Still, to it me, is, crying yeah. is a release, and and it's a release that I like. Finally, learned to use a few years ago more like properly. How often do you cry? Um, not super often. It just depends on, I guess, what's going on in my life. So, like, n what was interesting was about two years ago, I got. I didn't cry very often, but like, I don't know, here and there, like, every it, it, something would have to trigger it. I would have to watch it. You, you, mostly. Um, movies. So you try to get there. So yes. That you could... well, well, if I could feel, no, 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 I don't, it's not, it's not like I'm looking for a hit, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where I'm like, I'm like, where's the drug? Where's if... the, but like, you know, I'll, it's just, if I know I'm feeling sad mm -hmm. and then I see something or I, I could, I had to stay away from listening to certain podcasts for a little bit for oh, that really? reason. Yeah. Cause if someone would talk about like, especially like triggering things. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I remember, so going back to like, say with my dad, I remember, learning about him the way he died i was like this is just so sad because i feel like this is the ultimate like the idea of this guy purchased a harley in the morning this is also by the way why a motor i will never get on a motorcycle isn't sure. isn't just because of him it's also because my mother broke her arm when i was a little kid on the back she was on the back of a motorcycle oh wow and it, it took forever for that to heal i mean i still think for her it's harder to pick up stuff with her right arm than it is with her left for that reason okay um but it's like i'm like okay well clearly there's something where motorcycles just don't work in my family like <laughs> like it's not meant for me i can't uh -huh. I'm, I'm really asking for it um and so I I don't ride motorcycles, but I also was just like, well, he finally got a thing that he wanted to do. There, most people who ride motorcycles don't just buy it because they want a mode of transportation. There's like an inherent freedom to it. Sure. And so, um, you know, four hours later, he wasn't wearing a helmet either, but I don't, I, I mean, who's to say if that really would have changed anything? I don't, that's like- It's hard, yeah, you can't go back you and You can't go back on that, yeah, but I still- thought I was just like this is just so sad this is this person who's gone through life with like a lot of pain mm -hmm. and you know he had to like get veins removed from his leg to be put into his arm so he wouldn't lose his arm after oh, wow. the war because of that grenade and you know I mean and that right there you're going to lose circulation on your legs like yeah. there's just and and obviously he was he was battling addiction um which as we all know if you've been reading the news recently is a very hard thing to beat even yeah. when you're like a successful person and uh, so there was like a lot of pain and one of the few things that was like as close to a safer pleasure as it could get killed him. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, obviously there was another person who hit him with a car, but still it just like, it, it was just like the ending of a movie almost. There's something, yeah, really, um, con like deep about that, a poetic almost. It's like it, it's, very it, sad it's, and yeah. But it's like on this, okay, so that is sad, but it, it's almost more meaningful to have something like that than... Wouldn't it be like? Wouldn't it have been sadder if it was something trivial? You're like, right. Like yeah. He's, like he slipped on the stairs or something. Yeah. I mean, it's all very no, no, sad. I get but, it. No, but no, sometimes but... I think this is why I put everything in context of like, well, 
there's no way to change the past and that's why I justify everything that's happened with like well this is where I am and this is where I have to be of course if I was given a magic ticket to change one thing I would be like okay yes, yes. I got it sure but also sometimes it helps me to be like well, if I look at everything else that could have happened, I suppose there's other things that would have given me pain. Well, I also look at it as like, uh, no, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I do think there's like a, a, and I've never heard it that way before. So th this is like the first I've ever been, someone's told me like, well, what if it was just like, you know, like you said, like he just fell down some stairs and broke his neck. I, that That is like a, a thing where you're, it's still sad, but, but it doesn't have like this almost like grandiosity to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then- I realized also though, like knowing what was wrong at the time, because you know, one of the things you're always thinking back on is like, well, I, was, I wasn't raised in a traditional family household, which ended up being such a gift because mm -hmm. I was raised with no male influence in my life. And it let me enjoy certain things because no one in the house was like, I like, look, just why we're here talking right now is because somebody else's brother, a guy told me it's not okay to cry. Right. I was never told it's not okay to cry in my house. No one ever said that. But once the outside world started playing into that more, it affected that. And so I don't know if I was by popular standards, an actual crybaby. You know what I mean? I like mean, it, all babies are kind of crybabies. Yeah, babies. yeah. Well, not as a baby. I mean, as a as like an eight-year-old. That's also a thing people do to control you. I feel like adults who can't take care of, or not can't take care of kids, but they feel like, I have no control. This kid keeps crying. I'll call it a name and maybe it'll yeah, stop. And yeah. it's like, well, that baby is probably crying because it needs something. So right. we'll try giving it the thing. And with, then, yes. And yeah. in the case of that was definitely what was happening. That was pure projection. But with the family that was calling me that, I think that is just cruel. And But yeah. the way they were doing it, I don't know. It's weird when you say it in a different language. Does it diffuse it a little? Because you know, I didn't, I didn't register it the same way as I did Crybaby, but I still thought I still, it still didn't feel great. No, and yeah, it doesn't feel. I had that with Blabbermouth. That someone in my school used to always call me Blabbermouth because I talked a lot, which I did. But she really talked a lot. So in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that's probably oh, why she was gaslit. insecure. Yeah. But she called it so me Blabbermouth so much that I was like, I'm not a Blabbermouth. I'm not a Blabbermouth. And she's like, well, prove it. Don't talk for a whole day. And I did it. And I was so like in my mind, like. Just like, I'm going to not talk. And then afterwards, she was like, whatever, I don't care. And then, yeah, I was that's like, all they can. They're, they're, she just didn't even care. I didn't, I thought everything would be magical. And but she, she did care. Well, it's the thing. It made me realize, like, oh, this is about her, not about me. Yes. She went, <laughs> she went home and was furious that you actually went through with it. Yeah. And it still haunts her to this day. <laughs> I promise you. It's, uh, people will remember that shit and internalize it. And now it. I talk for a living. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, now she's really pissed off because she's like, well, I could do that. I just don't want to. Can Wait. you cry on command? No, not, no. But there was a period. So another, I wish I could. I really wish I could. But I, in the past two years, um, maybe even longer than that, I would say like three years, but but anytime I have a big breakup, mm -hmm. that does lead, I can cry from that, which is, sure. W but before it was a little more controlled, like I could, I could hold on to it and then release it when I'm alone in my room or something. That sounds like I'm like sneaking to jerk off like, when I was alone in my room. <laughs> but crying is a lot uh, like jerking it, off. It, it's a release. A, yes. And it releases endorphins when you're done Exactly, crying. yeah. And then, but after my more recent breakup, I actually did like, um, go to my I, like I would uh, my at work I would like go to my car for a little bit to cry and yeah. I, would, I would I would uh, I remember I like had to leave I went to go see there was like a movie marathon that my friend went to that he took me to and I had to leave after two movies because like you know I gotta go this it's too fresh and uh, and so at that point and that also that was where I had to really be careful I'm like well I can't have certain things trigger this so mm -hmm. I wouldn't listen I like took a break from listening to specific podcasts that were like advice shows or oh, stuff sure. about romance or anything like that if I knew that that was coming. Um, and then I, and then the one place – so in therapy, I talked about this a lot mm -hmm. and because she was like, well, what is it that's making you cry about, say, you, the stuff with your father? Because she, she wasn't sure if there was like unresolved stuff there, which yeah. I mean there could be – I mean, no, there is, but but it's, <laughs> it's like um, – it's not unresolved so much as like it's it's less about him actually not being in my life and more about like not growing up in traditional households, which yeah. I, which again I like now. Well, you feel a gift. different. You feel the gaps, yes. even though 
your experience is just as valid because there's a standard. It starts to make you question right. if you missed out on something. And none of my closest friends – I mean my best friend also came from a single mother household. And when he was overseas in the Marines during college, I had another friend that I became very close with who also came from a single mother household. So I do think there's like a um, – there's like some sort of something there, like a, like a bond. Sure. But and like you said, I do, I do that think you respect women. Yes, know. yeah. Well, my my one, not my current therapist, but a, a few years ago, uh, I was seeing a therapist who did have a theory that she's like this is untested, but because because you know I was my my best 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 friend, who's like my big brother, is um is a guy, but a lot of my friends tend to be female. And she mm-hmm. said she's like, well, you're probably just more comfortable because you grew up in a household with two women sure. so you're going to know how to read the room better you're going to be more comfortable i do think there's truth to that there is something also on the opposite end of that because it sounds like you and your mom got along and you were close yeah we still are but we talk I, every day. yeah so i grew up in a two-parent household but my mom i'm who, so sorry to hear that I, I'm, just <laughs> I'm so sorry but like my mom who i do love obviously i love her but like she is a source of a lot of my issues and mm-hmm. um and what is just a very volatile person and so I tend to get along better with men because I think in my mind I've antagonized women because she was supposed to be my source of safety. Right. Uh, but, uh, but the reason I cried a lot was because I would feel insecure, unsafe, and then she wouldn't – she would be the reason I was crying. But then she, instead of comfort, comforting me, she would make it worse. Oh, and so it's wow. weird even talking about this because yeah. my therapist has told me many times and it makes me more sad when I think about it even though I'm like, eh, I'm not that sad about it now. But just the way she phrases it, like, you were a child looking for safety, mm-hmm, and your mm-hmm. source of safety was hurting you. And <sighs> I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I had no safety. So, so, yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I feel safe with men. Even though, like, I, I'm, I don't even know if this affects my sexuality, but I'm like, I'm much more attracted to women, but, like, women tend to feel like this thing that's far away from me that I can, like... It's hard for me to feel safe, like with them, right. because they always hurt, like in my mind. I know it's not true, obviously. It's, I sound like a misogynist. I'm not, I have a lot of <laughs> female friends. I love women, but just like my default growing up has always been like, oh, they're gonna like betray me because my, right. My mom. I, I I would say there's a societal aspect to that too, with where society does condition women to turn. Oh, out. sure. You, like you know, so uh, I, frailty. Thy name is well, woman. Yeah, woman. I mean, I'm sure compounded. It, it compounds <laughs> it. I should say. Um, but I also think the inverse of that happened to me where, like, I never watch sports. Mm-hmm. I have kind of a, a – I mean, I, I think I have masculine traits, but I do think there's a lot of aspects of things that I like that are typically attributed as, like, feminine things. And well, obviously, we've talked about this. I, like, love pop music. Mm-hmm. Huge Ariana fan. Big fan. But just as in – I mean, in general, I'm, like, very Ariana, unapologetic. Ariana, though, even though she's very feminine, has masculine energy. Well, yeah, she's a Scorpio. Isn't that a – No, she's not. Oh, That's no, she's a thing. cancer. She's, she's a cancer, cancer but she that. feels like a Scorpio. But that makes sense because Pete is a Scorpio. Anyway. Oh, yeah. This Pete's is a Scorpio. A, yeah, yeah. But doesn't she kind of, like, her song – her her musical persona feels like a Scorpio. That's why I wonder if she's yes. a Scorpio in her sign I, I, somewhere. I mean, look, I just defaulted to it, and then I remembered – even though I yeah. knew she was a cancer, I was like, yeah, she's a Scorpio. She um, feels like a – but maybe she's her moon or something is like, a Scorpio. In, yeah, we should the charts the charts out there. Folks. Hey, write the podcast yeah, if you guys send know. Send that chart over. Um, I uh, but I mean you know so there's astrology, pop music, like d- even dancing. Even though plenty yeah. of men do it, I mean there's still like a lot of associations with those. I mean things. dancing probably originated with men as a way to like attract females, right? Probably. I, if it didn't, I mean if, it's like the I, it's like the nature's way uh, mating call. Yeah. Well, is it? Yeah, right? could, you see yeah. a guy dancing, hey, and you're like, "Ooh, sexy!" It's it's our mating call, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. It's everybody else's mating call in this little. If, if you haven't, if by the way, if people don't know, listening to the podcast, Teresa and I have made two dance videos oh, yeah, together. But please, we are trying to mate. So yeah, <laughs> so you it's can our, catch, we put it out to the world. You can catch it on Instagram and get at get at us. That's our yeah. that's our that's the name of our dance troupe. It's the it's, mates. The mates. <laughs> that's a good name. It is actually a good. Um, and so I. I think a lot of those things, it's funny that I've come to embrace them more in the past mm-hmm. few years. Even like what's funny is I always thought it was funny that – and I've I've recently gotten into it an absurd amount. But I think that like it's funny that even wearing pink was always seen as like a thing that's like, well, that's a guy who's standing out because he's wearing pink. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I fucking love pink. It compliments me so well. I'm wearing it right now as we it's speak. Like color. But like it, it's a comforting yeah, color. It is a comforting color. But like specifically for my – 
palette mm-hmm. you know like it's a win it's part of like a winter color i believe the the like soft pink is and okay. so i was kind of like yeah. i started i own like is it too it many feels spring to me I feel like particularly there's like a soft pink that does work in the oh, winter Oh, sure. Spectrum. Like a like a cottontail rabbit running through the snow. Yes. Just like, like a little a, pink paws. Like... Yeah, just, just <laughs> cutting across the uh-huh. smooth white snow. <laughs> I just want to say that in like a very uh, like Coast 103. Do, do white rabbits turn brown in the winter or do white rabbits just die and then brown rabbits are born in the spring? This is a great question for someone else. <laughs> I wish I could answer that. <laughs> But TBH, do not know. Uh, yeah, so, but but I do believe, so one thing I've been trying to go back to, I just didn't want to forget it. And yeah. I think it's like, is when you were talking about like attaching meaning to things, I do think I'm like, well, I could have lived anywhere. Mm-hmm. And yet I decided to do comedy in Los Angeles where my dad died. Mm-hmm. Like I could have moved to New York. I could have moved to Chicago. I could have moved to Portland. I could have moved to any other city or I could have just stayed in Florida. But I came out here and it turned out that there was a lot of places that I've been to that he was around. And and I got to go see his his grave, which was the first time I saw it was like, well, where his ashes are kept mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a cemetery and inside a columbarium with the rest of his family, who's like his parents and stuff mm-hmm. are also there now. So I got to see everybody. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, there was so much pain there. I don't know if it would have been healthy for me to know. Like, who knows what kind of issues would have came out of him having him in my life? Don't get me wrong. It, right. it could have been great. So I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing. But like, this was the way it was supposed to happen because – it's informed a lot of my growth for the better. And right. I think also meeting him now is the most I can handle it. Like I, I thought about that. I was like, if this happened in my 20s while I was like first starting comedy, I don't know if I would have handled this well. Yeah. Or I, I probably would have just detached. Sure. In in a way that I wouldn't want to know more. And I right. wanted to know as much as possible. And then my mom came to visit me a few months later and we went together and it was a completely different experience. It was like I, I didn't cry at all. It was like I, I it, there was like so much joy to see her mm-hmm. finally because it was her first time going there. Wow. And she obviously, I mean, it's been so many years and she's already resolved all those things. So she was just like, he's in such a beautiful place. This is such a beautiful cemetery. Like oh, I'm that's so nice. yeah. So for her, it was very. She just looked at where he was. She I remember her looking at the plaque where his where his ashes are, and she's like, this is so beautiful. This is he's in such a wonderful place. This is so Aww. great. And yeah, and it was. She wasn't emotional at all, and it made me feel not emotional. So it. I it, think that's exactly. But you hit on exactly what crying is by nature designed to do which is to as you be used as a warning to help us stay away from pain painful experiences in the future because we know what's past and also to move on so i think that's why it's so important not to stifle things because like it sounds like you got it out you Uh can always go back and i'm sure some of those memories are still painful and if you're in the right mood maybe you can sit and get deep in it yeah but also on a day-to-day, you're able to, like, continue on because you, like, dealt with it. Yes. And I, I do think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot with that is mm-hmm. the idea of, like, it's, you know, there's, like, a lot of ideas of letting go and forgiveness. And, and I don't know if these apply to this, but I'm, I think a lot about that. And I'm like, well, I think the key is more to just moving on. Yeah. The other part, I think I think those two other parts, um, they work themselves out. Sure. And so I realized, I'm like, okay, I can I can feel bad for this, but still go forward. The secret is that if as long as you're alive, you you will go on. Things will go on, no matter how bad things are. And yeah. that's kind of what's helped me get through the last few years. Is like when something really bad happens, you're like, okay, well, unless I leave, which you shouldn't do, or whatever, like unless I'm gone. Then by nature, my day will continue, and things around me will continue. Yeah, the, so the I, way- I should. I should at some point get back up and move. Otherwise, I will have a lesser quality version of moving on. Yes, Queen, go off. Right? No, no, I don't know. No, no, I think that's. I think that's right, and I think it's also like um, the idea. The the way I always talk myself down from those things is I'm like, well, look, yeah, like I'm 33 now Mm -hmm. in my in my Jesus year, and I was like, yeah, and then let me tell you, I'm (laughs) so divine, and And um, it's the Aquarius moon. Oh my god, so much happening. This is this is like a big year for Aquarius. The big theme is rebirth. Wow, and it's true. I even when I had my aura photographed the first, yeah. The, I remember when I had my aura photographed. If you guys don't know what that is, look up aura photography. Um, <laughs> there was like a, a lion right over my head, and he said, "This always signifies rebirth." And I was wow. like, "Oh boy, this is the that's year." Cool. But um, the what you were saying, I think that's entirely true, and I think that the thought I always have to kind of talk myself down from those things is, I'm 33. I went 32 years not feeling this way about a feeling. 
So I can go another 32 or 33 years not feeling that. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like you can you can remember that there was a point you didn't feel this thing just because you have the knowledge of it now doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's going to stay there. So that's – and that's what crying helps with. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, thanks, man. Well, I'm going to cry. I, <laughs> I'm getting so misty-eyed right now. Aw. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for letting me come on here and talk about it. I've never talked about this before. I'm really excited about this episode. I, yeah, crying is something I, I love talking about. I think it's – yeah, and I want people to be more and, – and again, we're going back to like a thing of like a masculine trait. I'm like it's it's a thing that guys shouldn't – I still think that's still attached to men. Yeah, but I think it's – use it's again, it's an insecurity thing. I think a lot of men who want to cry are afraid they'll start crying. So maybe yes. they're like, well, I don't want to see you cry. But if you cry, then I'll cry. Yeah. So you better not fucking cry. Yeah, yes, we'll just fucking jerk off until, yeah, until, until, jerk until off. it falls off. Oh, no. <laughs> we sweat. We don't cry. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> where do we go from there how can people find you um at eli olsberg on all the socials and um yeah that's that's or um or and you hire, host a monthly show hire a pi oh, um, yeah, hire a PI. Uh, yes i host a monthly show at the pleasure chest in west hollywood second tuesday of every month if so if you're in los angeles listening to this come on out Teresa just did it she had a it's great so set yeah it was a really fun show full of dildos all and, around yep it's in a sex shop and <laughs> they will give you a discount if you decide to buy anything so uh-huh. laugh and then get some more release with some products in the pleasure chest <laughs> thanks for coming on you guys can follow you. this podcast at tell me anything pod on Instagram and email me at tell me anything pod at gmail.com oh also we have a patreon patreon.com slash tell me anything pod join for just one dollar I'm gonna be posting some bonus episodes next month so do that okay bye Bye. Bye.